Welcome to episode 75 of the Daniel Yoris podcast with today's guest, John Vlahoyanakos. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast. Joined here today by my man, John. John, what's going on? Thanks for being here, buddy. Hey, Daniel. Thanks for having me, man. Really looking forward to, uh, to digging in on here. Yeah. Always a pleasure to connect with fellow Canadians, fellow good people in, in the fitness community and, uh, and fellow Greeks as well. Yeah, I don't think I knew that you were Greek up until like I think a couple of weeks ago when you posted something about the motherland or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's it's because I don't look Greek at all. I don't think anybody has has ever guessed right that that part of my heritage is Greek, and what makes it even weirder is the other part of my heritage is Italian, and so I don't look like that at all. <laughs> but okay. um, you know that, that that is what it is. So yeah, yeah, I think the the last name threw me for a loop. Cause I'm like looking at it, I'm like, it doesn't look like your typical Greek last name. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, okay, maybe it's just heritage. It's there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we're from the Greek part of my family's from like super North where, you know, every time there's a war, the border changes. So there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of different, a lot of different uh, cultures mixed in there over time. So I don't have like a, a you know, an, an Opelopolis or a, <laughs> one of those kind of traditional Greek last names. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Before we get too much into it, uh, let people know who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah. Do you want the, like the long form or the short form version? Whatever, whatever you want. Who I am and what I do. Um, so basically, I mean, I'm, I'm a man who has been through his own like body image issues over, over the course of the last, let's say 15 to almost, not, I wouldn't say 20 years, but you no, know, through, through puberty was a really rough go for me. High school is very much overweight, self-conscious, you know, I was, I was, I kind of, I came across as a very outgoing popular person, but I think that was just my like field, uh, my, my shield, my defense mechanism. Um, I talk about it with my wife. It's, she's like, yeah, you seem like nothing. I'm like, no, like I was really, <laughs> I was not about it back then, but you know, I went through my own kind of fitness struggles. I played hockey my whole life. I had personal trainers help me with that. And my, my biggest issues were always that, you know, I was always too slow. I was a very, I was a bigger dude, but I was slow on the ice. So I worked on that. Um, had, Decent opportunity to go play hockey in the U.S. in college, but financially it was way too expensive. Hockey's already expensive enough as it is. Um, but yeah, I went through my own fitness journey, lost a bunch of weight, helped my brother lose 50 pounds, one of my best friends, same thing. And it kind of came this passion of mine where learning more and more about eating and nutrition and, and training. And this was 2003, four, five, six, like, so it's been quite a bit. Um, and the information then and the information now is very different, but you know, as I, as I got older, you know, after I had coaches, I kind of took it in my own hands. I used to work at uh, the Rogers center where the blue Jays play. So I developed kind of, you know, I'd, I'd talk to almost hundred people a night there. And I developed this kind of persona of like being like health and fitness guy. Cause I'd bring my dinner, I'd bring like chicken and quinoa and eat healthy, but I'd also have cookies there. And people like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, I thought you're trying to lose weight. He's, I'm like, and you know, the whole flexible eating kind of came about from there. It was, it was really fun educating people like, you, know, you don't have to eat the same six foods all the time just to lose fat. You can, you can have cookies or cake or have some alcohol and still kind of do that. So from then it was, it's kind of like a whirlwind of like life just kind of happened where, uh, we got pregnant with our firstborn. My wife got pregnant. I was still in school and I was working at the Rogers center, but I knew like I wanted to be a trainer. So I kind of had to pick what I was going to do with my life at that point. So school took a backseat at that point went in to work for a big box gym. I won't name any names. Um, and then, you know, as our son was, you know, a baby, I was like, I was out of the house all day. Like I worked from like 6am to 11 and come home and snooze or just hang out for a couple hours and then go back to work at like 5pm 
till 10. And I was like, I was missing everything. So, you know, back then it's 2016. I'm like, I want to do online coaching. Like it it was still newish. Then I took the online trader Academy uh, back when it was like really first kind of out there. Um, And the last six years have been a blast, man. Like learning how to coach people online, growing a business, becoming like a business owner instead of just a trainer. Like you get all these other things to do on any daily basis. Um, We have two kids, we've moved and, uh, and no, I can't really complain at all. I'm very grateful for everything I have now. And my fitness journey, my business journey, just life has kind of brought me to a place where I can help more and more people every single day um, and connect with awesome other coaches like yourself, man. Yeah. Amazing. I think one of the most beautiful things about our industry or our job is that you know, as our business becomes more successful, we're also helping more people. There's not this like opposite thing where it's like, oh, I'm getting rich and getting greedy. It's like the, you know, the more successful your business is and measure business success by finances is the easiest mm-hmm. way to do it. The more money is coming in, the more means more people are being helped. So it's a, it's a great way to, to, it's a great motivator. And it kind of, th- I think it keeps us from, keeps us from ourselves where, you know, other industries, you might have to kind of quote unquote sell out in order to reach the next uh, mm-hmm. level of success, whether it's, you know, using a cheaper type of product in whatever type of thing that you make, you, you kind of cheap out on something and the product quality goes down, but you got to increase the bottom line to appease shareholders and all that stuff. But we don't like really have that. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's just about helping people. And if you start being shitty at your job, <laughs> your business will go down. And if you get yeah. better at your job, business will go up. And it's a very simple equation. Absolutely. It sounds like you described Tim Horton's business model there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think too, in the fitness industry, like it's not, we're not, um, completely clear of that. Cause there's a ton of bullshit out of there, course. right. That people are cookie cutters or, or cutting corners or, you know, selling things that, you know, aren't really beneficial to the public. And I think it's just going to be a never ending fight for coaches who have like the end user in mind, the consumer, the everyday individual who just wants to just feel better about themselves. We're always going to be fighting against misinformation or the next big Instagram influencer type or whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, this it's, it's one of the most, it's a challenging field to be in, but it's very rewarding. Like, I don't know what you're like with your coaching. Like I tend to really just take on sometimes what my clients are going through. It's, it can be emotionally draining, but at the same time, like when I get a text message in, in the middle of the day of like a happy client or get tagged on social media, of like someone's doing really well, like that makes my day. Like that, that's what I'm doing this for. I've been through my own bullshit in fitness and my health and self-consciousness. I want to help people avoid all of that, all the mistakes I made. So that's, that's kind of the bottom line with me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it can be heavy at times. You know, people come to us with all kinds of things. It can, it can start as something that's like, oh, I want to lose a little bit of weight, but it's not really about the weight. It's some other, you know, deeper seated, something else that's going on in their life. And it comes out to us and they should probably be seeking a you know mental health professional for mm-hmm. something like that. And they didn't even realize that at the time, but we become that first point of contact, just someone who can be trusted, who can, they feel they can speak openly with. And that's great. But yeah, sometimes sometimes it gets a little heavy, but the the good stuff is uh, is always amazing. Kind of like lights up your day, right? Absolutely, yeah, it always everything. What was your plan? Like when you were in school, what were you studying before you decided to you know <laughs> had to make that change to be a trainer? Um, so I was one of those kids who like never really knew what he wanted to do growing up. So in high school, so I are you are you in Toronto? Yeah. Okay, so I went to school in Toronto, and we live in Barrie now. But when I was going through high school. I was like, I was looking forward to doing grade 13 back when it was a thing that got took out from under me. Like as I was going into wanting to do like, oh, you can't do that anymore. I was like, oh, so I was kind of like, well, I'm not going to college next year because I don't know what I'm doing. So I took this kind of hiatus 
Um, just focus on playing hockey. Like I said, trying to kind of move up to the next level somewhere. But my mom at one point was like, okay, you got to go to school now. <laughs> it's one of those, you know, Greek moms, like you got to get an education, whatever. So I took, um, what was it called now? It, the way I described it, it was liberal. It was liberal. The way I described it was like, it was like high school and college. Okay. One of those programs that just like you take everything, math, English, history. So just to kind of get a diploma, which is fine. Made some connections there. It was cool. And then I'm like, okay, well, I still don't know what I want to do. <laughs> so I, there was a bridge program between Seneca College and New York University. Um, and I ended up taking law and society. <laughs> so I don't know if that's just because I was brainwashed as a kid because I kept being told I should be a lawyer because I do like to argue. <laughs> um, but I got in there. I'm like, this is, this is the worst, man. Like I, I hate it so much. It was all theory. It was boring. I had no interest. I was also like a very immature young man at that time. And then I was, I was fighting and clawing my way to, I, I'm like, my end goal was like Ken kinesiology at York was like the gold standard, but I was missing biology high school credits. So I had to go back and do that. And then there was this big gap of like, I can't join Ken until the following year. So I'm like, oh, like, what do I even do now? Cause I want to get into fitness like that. That's, I think that's going to be it. So I went to health and fitness promotion at George Brown. Now I'm not going to bad enough programs or people, but as a 20 year old, was a 20 or 21 year old doing that program with 18 year olds, I already had a lot of knowledge on, on what we're talking about. Um, and the things that we were learning in some of those classes, I couldn't believe they were being taught at a college level. I was like, this is wrong. Like this is wrong. Uh, like the dirty dozen was a topic of discussion. I'm like, that's, that ain't it. Like, so I did my first year there. I'm like, you know what? Like it was cool getting experience and stuff like that. But I knew again, like this isn't what I needed. So I finally got to go to Kin. I started doing Kin for a year and then the whole baby thing happened. And I was like, well, I have to make money. So it's, it's supporting the family kind of pivot, which, you know, I could always go back if I wanted to, I think I'm in a spot right now where the kinesiology degree would have been great to have by my name. I would have been the first person in my family to get a university degree, but at the same time, this is kind of where life has taken me. And I have absolutely no regrets on where I'm at. I'll, even after all the family arguments and fights of like, you didn't finish. I'm like, well, here I am. <laughs> so that's just how it is now. Yeah. I, I also did uh, kin at York and yeah. I was very, very close to not graduating <laughs> by my own choice. And the reason is the very last exam that I had of my, of my undergrad uh, career was calculus. And Ooh. Two days before the exam, I got an acceptance letter to chiropractic college. And I said, great, to, to, to get into the chiropractic school, I didn't need my degree. Like I had the three years of undergrad, whatever. I didn't need the degree. I was fully accepted. And I was like, okay, who cares about this? I'm, just, I'm not going to write this exam. Why study for two more days? I'll just fail this exam, fail the course, and I won't get my degree. But like, who gives a shit? I learned everything anyways. What's this piece of paper going to do for me? Yeah. And uh, my, just living a long story short, my parents were not, we're not having that. <laughs> so, so I finished the exam, I passed, I graduated, it was fine. And another long story dropped out of chiral school after that. So it's good to have the letters beside my name. But I think that the, the thing that I learned the most in school was, was more how to think. And it came all in fourth year when I had a sort of internship program under another professor. The hard stuff in class is like, like you said, a lot of it was wrong or outdated even at the time. And it's just, it's just some background knowledge, but I could have easily learned that way faster just by Googling some stuff on my own. It was more about how to think and some of the connections. So I don't, I don't think that you missed out on too much. But did you feel like when you started working as a trainer that there was, there was like a knowledge gap between you and other people who had a quote-unquote degree? 
No, not at all. No. And I think part of it with training, like you can learn everything from the textbook until you get your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. It's kind of all moot, right? You got to get on the floor and that's, and that's where like that, and we can jump in if you want to, but like the online coaching space now is it's the wild, wild west. I think John Goodman said it best. Like, you know, everybody is a trainer over now all of a sudden, which makes it a lot tougher for those who do have an educational background who have put in hours and hours and hours on the gym floor you know, a degree might separate someone's education, but it doesn't mean they're a better coach or a better trainer. So I think there's that aspect as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to, it's hard to portray that to someone who is a potential client or just scrolling through on social media. You see a guy or girl who looks amazing. It's like, well, they must know what they're doing and maybe they do, but maybe they don't, right? Mm-hmm. It might be in spite of their knowledge that, or in spite of their training and stuff that they look like that. And they're just, you know, blessed to, to be that way. And there may be someone who is extremely knowledgeable who doesn't have that amazing body because of whatever reason, uh, but it's hard to it's hard to make that difference. And so we've got to do that through like we can't play that same game. And this is something that John also talks about. John Goodman mm-hmm. is like, you know, don't try and be the sexy IG influencer if you're not that person because you're not going to win that game. Like we need to you know play the game of knowledge and experience and like and all those things and educate people that way, not just trying to be like, hey, look at my six pack and you can do this too in just three weeks. <laughs> That's true. And it's, it's tough, right? Cause fitness is very much like it's an eye catching industry, right? There's always going to be headlines, always going to be photos, transformations, like those aren't going away. So like for coaches, you have to play to your strength and people are always like, Oh, but like, I'm not special or what I do is boring. I'm like, it might be boring to you because that's what you've been doing, but to other people, that's what they want. They, they need that repetition, the consistency, the, the quote unquote boring. And you as a person is what separates you from the influencers and everything else. It's, it has nothing to do with, you know, if you have a six pack or not, I know plenty of coaches that don't have six packs. I currently don't rock a six pack. It doesn't change the way I coach people. It's just, you know, maybe I haven't taken care of my own health and fitness. You know what I mean? It's just things like that that are, I, that are different. I always think that it's, it's probably better to come from a place as a coach where you, you know, you maybe came from a place where you were out of shape, whether as a kid and whether it was like massively out of shape or just a little bit and you got yourself in shape because you can kind of put yourself in the head of someone else who's going through that transformation rather than someone who, you know, was skinny and in shape their whole life from 16. And then they, you know, they got in the gym at 16 and now they look a little better because they're 20 years old and they add a little bit of muscle. It's like they've never actually transformed their body. All that happened was they just grew up. And so they have a little bit of muscle on their frame. Now they look great. Yeah. But, but they don't actually understand how to train. They don't understand what happened to them. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the coaches that I've connected with over the last few years, some of my favorites I'll say have been through something of their own, right. Where they, if, whether it's a transformation, whether it's physical or mental or both, like, I feel like people, especially on social media will feel like they can connect with you better if you've been in a place that they're currently in. And I've gotten that compliment a few times of like, I guess it's a compliment of like, you know what I'm going through because you've been there. And I think that's where, that's why I'm like, I went through it. I helped others. I want to help more people get through that stuff because I know what it's like. I know how much it sucks. And like now as a father of two, two boys, I'm like, it's my duty to make sure they don't go through what I went through in my teens because it sucked. So it's kind of like that, take the knowledge and pass it on mentality where as we alluded to in the beginning of like, you know, coaches and or coaches and cookie cutter stuff, it's like, just grab, 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 and not really care about the help aspect of fitness, which is what we're kind of all here for anyways. For sure. What were some of the things that, or that you think you were doing incorrectly, mm-hmm. whether it be consciously or unconsciously, you know, growing up that you're trying to do differently for, for your boys? Great question. Um, so, I mean, 
God, my parents, uh, they didn't have much education in fitness and nutrition and stuff. I mean, everything that they learned was from friends or passed down and like, we're Greek. So we eat like, and it's always food heavy. Every time I go to my grandmother's, I'll tell my coach, like, look, man, I'm probably going to fluctuate on the scale, like at least five pounds after this meal. And that's just how, that's just how it is. So like for me growing up, it was more like my pregame hockey meals were still like huge spaghetti meals. It was just based on that mentality, stuff like that until I really got into the reading as I got older, like this isn't what I need to be doing. It's, you know, like it's more protein, but for me, the biggest, the biggest issues I saw was it was just, it was weekend binges. Cause I was on, and I don't really like to use the word binges anymore. Eating. It was just, it was just overeating. Like I knew what I was doing. A binge is you're, you're not consciously aware of what you're doing in the moment, but I knew because Monday to Friday, I wasn't allowed to eat certain foods. I had to have egg white, plain egg whites, plain oatmeal, and an apple for breakfast. Um, protein bars in 2003 are not, were not good. Like, I don't know if anyone's had a protein bar from 20 years ago. They were like big, chunky, chalky things that took like 20 minutes to finish. So I'd have half of one of those between classes and another half in the afternoon. I think after school was more just like, I think it was like chicken and potato maybe, which isn't terrible. Uh, but it was, it was the same thing every day, Monday to Friday. And then the weekend came like, well, I don't have to follow nothing now. So it's pizza, it's pancakes, it's ice cream. It's all the other good stuff. And that went on for years. I think until I got to a point where I learned more about not having to restrict as much during the week, where it's more of a flexible eating instead of a restrictive eating kind of pattern. Now it's, yeah, now sometimes I'm way too flexible just because I am, um, but now it's more like it's habitual at this point. I know I can look at plates of food and I know, okay that probably has 40 grams of protein and it's about 500 calories or whatever it is. I've developed the skill and awareness of knowing calories of plates of food, uh, my common foods that I eat. If I needed to maintain my weight, I could do so without having to weigh anything, any food item. I can just make, make meals for myself and I'll know if I want to lose fat, I know I need to kind of dial it in and stuff like that. But biggest change is, is not, not being super restrictive. I used to, you know, we used to do an hour of cardio at the gym and then go to Mandarin for a buffet and just, and just eat our face off. And like, like the hour card is going to do anything. It was, it was things like that, like trying to outwork the diet um, and not really having any like strict plan. I mean, I'm trying to think of my, like my training programs back then when I was, when I was introduced to the gym, I remember my uncle would take me, I would do a lot of legs cause I sucked at bench and my chest has been weak for years because of that. But <laughs> it was like legs three times a week. Um, and then as I got older, it was chest like three times a week because that was my lagging area, but I wasn't, it was doing the same reps. I wasn't really doing good form. You know, if you ever look back on your old form videos and just cringe at yourself and do it well, every so often, I remind myself of how bad like my squat or my deadlift used to look. <laughs> so just, just things like that. I think just taking more of information in over the years, trying to apply what's going to fit with me, my lifestyle, what I want for myself um, versus I think the uneducated version of myself like 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think it's important to highlight that most of what you said comes down to nutrition. It's not like you weren't being active. You were playing hockey. I'm sure you were mm -hmm. just like even younger than that. You were active with your, with your buddies outside at recess at school and after school and just, you know, playing and doing kid stuff, yeah. which is maybe less now there's more video games and more other things going on. It's a whole other thing to tackle. But yeah. despite all of that, you are still 
you were still overeating and you know, no fault of your own lack of knowledge at the time because you're a kid. How would you know? And just, you know, loving parents who wanted to feed you and make sure that you're full all the time. Like that's what it yeah. is. And, and immigrant parents are, are your parents, your parents immigrated here. No, my parents were actually born here, but you know, when you're raised by immigrant parents, it's kind of just everything's passed on. Exactly. Yeah. So same, same, same concept. Im- immigrant family, let's say, yeah. right. That, we just want to feed you all the time. And, and it's difficult to say, it's difficult to say no, you, you get in trouble if you say no too many times. Yeah. And, um, and it all, and it all catches up. And then we try and offset it as we start to learn a little bit more like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try that. But we don't fully grasp all of the concepts. So mm-hmm. while you were, you know, while you were good during the week, during the weekend, it would fall off or you were in yeah. the gym. That's a, it's a good step, but not as good as it could have been kind of thing. So yeah, it's a, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to navigate for sure. But you know, trial and error and you, and you made it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think too, is, is you bring up a good point. Like I was on the ice at a certain point, like four or five days a week. Mm-hmm. Plus I was in the gym in the morning. So like I was incredibly active. So imagine, you know, with that activity level at that age, how many calories I needed to be eating on a weekly basis to still maintain a heavier weight and not lose it. And I think back, it's crazy. And I, I remember my parents, like they've tried, all the trends, Atkins, palm, remember pomegranate juice was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Palm juice. They used to have that. I remember it was the biggest deal in the world when we switched from Coke to diet Coke, which isn't a bad thing. Like, I think that's, that's actually really beneficial, but it was like, it was all these things that were the eating habits never changed. It was always jumping on like what's popular at the time. And like, I thought I told the story a few times where as I got older, especially my twenties, my mom and I would get into arguments about like women's world magazine and things like that at the grocery store with those stupid ass headlines. And I'd tell every time I saw, I saw she brought one home, like, mom, like, come on, like this stuff isn't, it's not it. So it's, it's tough, right? When you, when you have parents that are stuck the way they're, you know, the way they're living for years, you're not going to change them, but it's up to you to kind of learn, okay, what can I change for myself now? And I think that was the biggest difference maker. Like as I grew into an adult into my early twenties and then mid twenties before I can just do whatever I want at that point, you know, it was, it was huge. Yeah. And it's also more difficult to change the mind of your parents or people in your family because oh, yeah. <laughs> while to the rest of the world, you are coach John, like to your parents, you're just like little baby John. That's, that's who you are. Right. And yeah. so it's like, well, what, you know, it's just John. He doesn't, what, you know, he's just, he's my kid. He doesn't, he's not some authority figure, but to everyone else is like, you know what you're talking about and, and that will never change. And I think that probably goes across all professions. Oh yeah. And family and even spouses, like when I work with couples, like they won't listen to each other, but they'll both listen to me. So like, that's yeah. fine. If you listen to me, that's cool. But yeah, like I've, I've, I try to steer rear, steer away from like nutrition conversations at family gatherings and stuff like that. People know what I do and I will never bring it up. But if mm-hmm. someone asks me, I'll try to give them like the simplest, I don't want to continue this conversation kind of answer because I know it'll just, with some people, it's just a rabbit hole. Like I'll just keep, and you never change, you know, I have some people that you never change their mind. Yeah. It's like, why do, why did you ask me in the first place? <laughs> yeah. It's like, they want to ask your opinion so that they can like argue, argue you, but they, they're yeah. not interested in like actually listening. <laughs> no. Or they want, they think that you're going to prove them right. In which case most times it's not. It's the opposite. Yeah. 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 I, I think I used to do that a little bit more when I was not, not that I'm very old, but like when I was a little bit younger and I was starting to learn some more things and thinking mm-hmm. back to that time, I didn't understand how much I didn't understand at that time. And yeah. so when I would, you know, family members or friends or whatever would say something, I would, I would immediately jump into like, no, that's wrong. It's supposed to be this, this, this. But I didn't like conceptualize all of the context that came with that discussion, whether it was about nutrition or exercise or whatever. And now it's like, okay, I, I get more of it. And also I'm just not interested in arguing with you. So 
you know, whatever it is, like, yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. like, that's okay. You know? And do you find yourself just like listening more and talking less too? I find yeah. myself doing that. Just I want to, cause that's the thing with you work with more people, you, you need context. So instead of jumping in on one sentence, you like, you want to hear what else comes out of their mouth and what they're thinking before, if necessary for you to kind of jump in, which again, nine times out of 10, I won't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more listening. And instead of saying things, I'll ask more questions. There you go. And I'll just kind of dig deeper. Well, what about this? What about this? How about this? And then yeah. it kind of like comes around in the circle and they kind of arrive at the answer themselves. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was right. Sure. Yes, you were right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what kind of things are you then doing um, with your children? Your kids are pretty young though, aren't they? Yeah. Five and 18 months. Okay. So what's, what is your plan roughly for their like fitness? When will you start to get them into sports and gym life and all that kind yeah. of stuff? Have you thought so- about that? Yeah. So we moved, uh, from Toronto to Barrie, Ontario, we have our own space now. And when we moved out, it was pandemic. So I'm like, well, I'm building a gym for our house. Like I, I can't rely on the government to open them or not, or whatever they were going to do at the time. So my son's been around us and my wife worked out the entire pregnancy during her second. Um, so he's seen us be fit and active and kind of work towards exercising regularly. And, you know, we try to get rid of that, like good and bad food mentality in the home. Like, you know, he knows about protein, knows protein is important, which is great. You know, we don't really talk about weight loss much. He does ask a lot what I do for my clients. So I have to kind of tell him in a, in a brief sense, a broad sense of like how I help people. So like yesterday, he's like, you're doing calls with clients. I'm like, I'm kind of helping them make better food choices is kind of how I, how I worded it. Um, things like that. I mean, we have a gym downstairs that he can come and join us. He has mini bands and like he'll lift up a two and a half dumbbell. Um, he's in soccer now, finally, because, you know, with COVID, everything was kind of shut down for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to nutrition, there's there's things that he's brought home from school um, that his teachers have probably said that I have to make sure that I'm quick to correct him. Like, he told me the other day that something was junk or junk food. And I'm like, but why? Like, well, who said that? And why did they say that? And he, it's it's not. And here's why. It's just so I want to get education early on of like, I know we use junk food, not necessarily in a bad way, but it still has a negative connotation. Like the word junk is never something good. So it's more of just like, you know, ice cream isn't the best food for us, but it's not bad for us. It's, it's sentences like that, um, that he knows that we can't have nachos for dinner all the time because we need to have vegetables and proteins and fruits and good stuff like that. So I know for him, it's, it's super young, but I think if, if I can help mold him early on, it just makes it easier. And I think the biggest challenge will be when he becomes closer to 13, 14, 15, I think that'll be more of a challenge because he'll have more freedom. When I was that age, like I was, even if I had a lunch pack for me, I'd go and buy, you know, Jamaican beef patties in a, in a bun for lunch, which is never really a good thing as a 14 year old, but this things like that. And I think, I mean, the 18 month old is too young to really understand any of that stuff at this point, but just as, as a family, like that, since we moved to Barry, I think this summer we'd go on some hikes, just be active, go out and do things limit some screen time for the, for my five-year-old, especially. Um, Cause I grew, I grew up playing video games, but I also was playing hockey three, four, five, six times a week. So it's kind of like that balance. Um, but that'd be the biggest thing is just is soft education. I'll call it uh, around nutrition and, and exercise. Yeah. That, that seems amazing to me. I mean, just leading by example, you're just doing your thing and he's just following along, right? Kids are going to more or less copy their parents. They're not, he's not, if you guys are eating quote unquote healthy foods and you know, whatever all the time, he's not just going to, you know, go and make himself tacos or make himself some, some bad food or 
you know, nachos for dinner or ice cream cake for dinner. Like he's, you know, he's five. He's not going to, he's not going to do yeah, that. Yeah. So he's going to kind of copy, copy what you guys are doing. If you're working out and he's going to come downstairs and mess around and, you know, join you. Right. And that's great. Yeah. And like, oh, I want to be strong like dad. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Right. Which is exactly what I want yeah, for him. Exactly. And, and video games, like when you were growing up are very different than video games now. Like they were good and fun at that time, but like they're not as now it's, it's a whole different world and the connection in the world, it's very different. It's tough. I mean, we have a Nintendo Switch that we bought, but I mean, he gets he gets to play maybe once a week. But like, some of the games are tough. And like, I've been playing like Lego Marvel superheroes, and even I'm having a hard time figuring out this puzzle, man. So it's like, it depends on the game. And it'll be interesting because like, I grew up. I wouldn't. I don't know if I call myself a gamer. I really just played NHL every year. It came out. I got the new one, uh, and Nintendo 64 and all that stuff, and, and GameCube. Like, I was very much a Mario kind of guy, but like depends on like the, the call of duties and all that. Like I'm not really into those. So we'll see where his interest lies. He gets to be a little bit older. We steer things that way. I got a chance to uh, play around with one of those VR oh, headset yeah. things this past weekend. And it's amazing and it's a lot of fun, but I'm, I'm genuinely concerned for humanity when those things get like a little bit better. The best way I could describe it right now, it's at like a Game Boy Advance kind of stage where it's like it's pretty good but you can tell that it's like still a game and all that stuff but if it gets just a little bit better like we're i think we're done for i don't think there's gonna be any reason for anyone to want to live in the real world it's just you can just have anything you want at the snap of your fingers right in your face you're fully immersed in it so um i'm I'm personally worried about those but other than that yeah yeah, there are video games that are that are definitely like a little bit more stimulating a little bit better a little bit you know not as bad kind of thing so yeah (laughs) for sure yeah that's that sounds scary if it were to describe the vr thing yeah for sure yeah yeah i am worried about it um one thing that i did want to talk to you about and i know that you've written about this uh somewhat recently is mm-hmm. is this concept and we, get, we go back to words and semantics and how these things you know what these things mean to us is dad bods or mom bods or mm-hmm. parent bods yeah um there was a time a little while ago it comes and goes now it's like oh dad bods are dad bods are in dad bods mm-hmm. are sexy and it's like okay we're painting something that is not necessarily true or not doesn't even mean anything it's just you know a new trend yeah um what do you think about these and how do you kind of talk to these about talk to about this kind of concept to some of your clients because i know that most of your clients are our parents yeah uh, half half of my roster right now are moms um the term I, the term dad bought i think i think just became a joke i think that to me that's kind of how i took it of like you know <laughs> you can go many ways with this the term dad bod is, is like it's almost like you're giving if you're a dad and you're like well i don't i don't want to maybe you want to lose weight but you don't want to openly admit it because sometimes men are like that they're like cool okay you have a dad bod so it kind of gives you this label of like you're you're in a good space where from a health perspective we know that if you're carrying most of your fat tissue in your stomach you're, you're not in a good place overall, long-term, especially as you get into your forties and you get older, it's not a good thing. Um, so I think it became more of a joke where people were coming out and saying, Oh, like dad bought is the new look. And I think it can go a number of ways where I think some people, and I'm not going to blanket term everybody, but some people were, if you ask them preference between dad bought and six pack, in my opinion, a lot of the people who said they prefer to have a man with a dad bod is because they're insecure about themselves. I think that's one, that's one kind of argument. And that's usually because people who are in are leaner or stay leaner overall are more health conscious, make, you know, healthier food choices more frequently, but they can also be come across as vain. 
right? Um, I don't know what your, your journey was like for me, myself having a six pack was one of the greatest things I could ever do for myself because of the years I struggled with seeing my own body. So you can count in this vein if you want, it doesn't matter to me, but I think the dad bod trend was allowing men to settle is one way I like to look at it. Because if, if you want to lean up, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to like, be like, Oh, I am okay with this because it's popular now. I think that's one thing. The parent bot thing is just because from working with a bunch of moms, some of them, you know, everyone has this negative voice in their heads about themselves. And I think sometimes women, well, I mean, women do definitely have it harder than men overall when it comes to fitness industry, weight loss, marketing. But sometimes I think they get so overwhelmed with that. The negative is just like, well, I guess I'm just meant to look this way. Like that's where that blog, I think you're referring to the blog I wrote. That's kind of where that came out. It's like, you don't have to settle for a quote unquote mom bod, dad bod, if that's not what you want. And I think that's one big piece of, it is tough to change and parents do have a, a tough time because you're not just relying on yourself, but it doesn't mean you're not allowed to make the changes that you want to make. One of the, one of the best conversations I had with a new client, she was like, I want to be that mom that like just struts her stuff at the beach and everyone's looking at her. I'm like, that's awesome. Like I have no issue with that. And I'm, I'm thank you for being honest because again, in 2022, you have to be careful what you say, or if you present yourself as cocky or confident, people don't like that. You almost have to put a filter on things. Whereas I've said it on podcasts. I've said it to people. I'm like, I want to be the dad that other dads are jealous of and other moms are, you know, wish they could, that's, that's the guy I wanted to be. My wife laughs every time I say it, but it's true because from, you know, my teenage years into my like mid twenties, I was not that person. I was self-conscious. I, I felt weak know, mentally and physically weak. Like I didn't feel good about myself. So if I can get to a position where I do all the power to me, right. And that doesn't take anything away from everyone else. So I think the parent bot thing is just, it's a mindset. I think more than anything else of like, if you want to lose body fat, if you want to trim up, you want to feel stronger, all the power to you go and do that thing. Don't settle and say, Oh, but I'm a mom. I can't, I shouldn't all these excuses that we tell ourselves. I've worked with people that are in better shape than I am and they've gotten better shape in that this because they wanted to. Right. So I think that's, that's kind of where that comes about. I totally, I totally, totally agree with that. I think that there's been this strange trend over the last little bit about this settling that you're talking about where it's like, Oh, it's not worth it to get a six pack or it's not worth it to like lose that last 10 pounds. But, but what if it is to that person? I think it almost, it, like telling people what their goals should be is not good either. If someone really wants to fit in a certain size of pants or like have defined six pack all the way or, you know, whatever it is, let them have that goal and let them get there and decide for themselves whether they want to maintain that, go further, go backwards, you know, whatever they want to do. But saying that oh, it's not worth it, you know, mom bod is okay, dad bod is okay, you know, a little bit of flab is sexy now, like let people decide what they want to do. And like you push forwards for your goals, because like you said, there are plenty of people who or, or sorry, like your own story, you kind of subconsciously maybe wanted that your whole life and never had it mm -hmm. until you got it. And you're like, wow, this is awesome. And things change and things fluctuate and that's okay. Yeah. But that was a big, that was a big game changer for you to, to be able to achieve that one, to know that you can do it, that like this quote unquote, someone like me can do this. Yeah. And two, to, to live life in that way. And, and I think that we kind of, we, you know, we belittle people's, people's dreams and then we set goals that are 
so easy to achieve. Mm-hmm. And and then we still almost don't achieve them because we set the limit so low, but we almost never reach our reach our limit. Oh, 80% of your goal. But if you set your goal 50% of what's possible and you're only hitting 80% of that, you're not really making that much progress. And then you wonder why you're never happy and all this stuff. It's like maybe we do need to set a little bit bigger goals. And not for everybody. It's got to be, you know, individual approach, but set a big goal and like go out and get it. 100%. Yeah. And there's a few things that come to mind when you, when you bring this up. It's like, for so for me, like, a photo shoot six pack isn't worth it. That's for me personally, it was not, it it was great to do the photo shoot, but like, you know, the eating habits around that photo shoot were shit (laughs) to put it bluntly. So it's like maintaining an amount of leanness year round does take a bit more discipline. And for some people it's easier for them. For me, it was not, but for me, it was the purpose of like, I was my first topless photo shoot. I wanted to just get as lean as possible. And like, it was great. Like I loved leaning up. I love feeling good. So that's when like part of the problem I think people have now is, you know, everyone's tapped into social media. I think people are too tapped into celebrity. That's just my humble opinion. Um, we care too much about what they think, what they're doing, where celebrities have become vilified for losing a bunch of weight, right? Two people come to mind, Rebel Wilson and Adele. Completely shit on. Why? Right? It's, it's almost like what, what is, is Adele losing weight doing to my life right now? Nothing. So it's like, if you're one of those people who cares that much about what other people are doing, respectfully, take a look in the mirror and ask yourself what you need to be doing for yourself. If you don't want to lose weight, that's fine. If you do, that's also fine. But as you have no right in telling other people what to do, right? If you find a dad boss sexy, cool. If you don't, that's fine. You know, it's, it's all these things where I think people are becoming like this herd mentality where you have to think of a group of people, you have to think like them or you're like another group. It's like this tribe thing that we're having, which is in a lot of ways, scary over the last couple of years, but in like the fitness and health space, everyone's goal is their own goal. I tell everyone on our first call, I'm like, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to shame you. I'm also not here to tell you what you want to achieve. You tell me, right? If you want to lose 20 pounds. Okay. If you want to, you know, get as lean as possible. Cool. I just, I don't work with bodybuilders and I don't work with physique competitors because that's not my style. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's tough because if you're always influenced by like what's happening in the world and you're never kind of looking within of like, what do you really want? And then being okay with, there's going to take a lot of work to get there. Like you said, like you can't, you can set a 50% goal as like a benchmark, but you still have to work towards it. You can't just stop or give yourself easy outs and settle and things like that. It's like, if you want a goal, it's, it's going to suck sometimes. You, you, you know, the goals aren't there to be easy. But I think that's where some people just, you'll, you'll hear 10 different people talk about the same thing, you get 10 different viewpoints, and then you're stuck there alone, not knowing what to think almost sometimes. Yeah. This complaining about, you know, others, especially celebrities, Adele is like a perfect example. People who are like mad about that. I find that they're also the same people who promote always talking about body positivity and not associating like weight with the way you look and all this stuff. And, and they completely seem to forget those who are on the extreme end of that, that, you know, carrying extra body fat is also not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're commenting on Adele losing weight because like now she's somehow shallow or whatever for wanting to lose weight, like maybe it's also just healthy for her. Maybe she didn't even do it because it has anything to do with her looks. Maybe she was perfectly happy with the way she looked before and after. She's still happy. But in like, you know, when she's lost the weight, now she's a little bit healthier. And 
shouldn't we be happy about that? This is the part that I don't, I don't yeah. understand is that carrying excess body fat and like doing a body transformation or whatever, it's also healthy for you, assuming you do it in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, endless nuance, but it's also healthy. And like, why can't we just be, why can't we just be happy for people? Why can't we just be okay with that? So why do we care so much about what they're doing is one thing. And like body yeah. positivity to me is giving people autonomy over what they want to do with their own body. Like, man, if you lose 50 pounds right now, you know, it's probably not going to be very healthy for you, but I'm not going to tell you shit. I'm not, you know, it's not my place. So like, because they're celebrity and I guess, because we, we always hear about them, we feel like we are open to commenting on them all the time. 50 cent of the Super Bowl is another one. Mm-hmm. Like people were making fun of that guy left and right because he looked heavier than he did 15, 17 years <laughs> ago. Well, no shit, man. Like it's, it's like things like that. Like it's, it's frustrating if you pay attention to it. I'm, I'm more of the brain space of like, I don't even have mental energy for that stuff anymore because I have clients to take care of. I have a family to take care of. You know, I want to improve my own life. I don't have the energy to spend thinking about what celebrities are doing with theirs, I guess. And if you have the time for that and you want to do that, cool. Do your thing. That's some of the mantra of like, do your thing. If it doesn't harm anybody, cool. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you any different. Yeah. I'm always surprised how much, how like emotional people get about it. I think I pay attention to it a little bit only because, and, and I probably do this too much, but I'm just like tapped in or I try yeah. to be tapped into social media and like what's going on to like make yeah. posts about it and stuff. And like, I remember the Kim Kardashian thing for whatever dress she wore that she had oh, to yeah. lose Marilyn a bunch of weight. Yeah. So I made some, I don't remember what my post said, but it was something about like, who cares about what she did? Like, this is her job. And so like, if you had to, if you got the chance to wear some like, you know, whatever million dollar dress, you would also do that too for one night. Like this is her job. This is not your job. So, you know, and it was, and it happened to be like a, fairly quote-unquote successful post so i tap yeah. into it just for that but I'm, I'm always shocked like that people care about this like so many things to worry about if you spent half that much as much energy worrying about celebrities as you did you know worrying about yourself maybe you would have reached your fitness goals by now you know yeah i think the kardashians are an easy target for people yeah. and criticism i mean the way she went about it obviously wasn't the healthiest way so i think people are commenting on that but again i don't care about kim kardashian i don't think anyone else should care about what she's doing with her body it's her body Right. We, yes, she's an influence to young women across the world, but again, you don't have control over that. And what she does for herself is for herself. It's that to me, she's not a healthy role model. I've never seen her as one. I don't know anyone who does. So it's almost like, why are we still putting, you know, fuel on that fire? Why not just put it elsewhere and focus yeah. on you? Like you said, like focus on something else. There's so many more important things in the world to, yeah. to think about, right? I want to go back to one thing you said about when you got super lean for that photo shoot. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that that's not something that you'd be interested in doing or, or maintaining that level of leanness perpetually. Yeah. Do you think it was still a valuable lesson or experience getting to be that lean for that short period of time and then coming Absolutely. back up to like where you were? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it's things like that really do push you out of comfort zones. I think that's where a lot of benefit in, in building up more discipline resiliency when you know in the last days up to the shoot like they're one of the days i had 900 calories wow it was just protein like things like that it's not something i'd ever recommend anyone else doing and not something i'd ever do like on a daily basis but it was like one of those things like i have this goal i want to look a certain way for this day that's a whole other topic so what do i need to do to get there so it was like i did you know the sauna baths protein water manipulation things like that so i can you know quote unquote look my best on the day 
Um, so it was, it was interesting. There was during, it was during the pandemic. Was it during the pandemic or was it before? Oh, I don't even remember now. I feel it's like it was September so 20, I, feel like it was, I know, right? I feel like it was September 2020 because I was driving my wife to and from work at the time um, and she was pregnant. But I do remember on that drive, on the commute, it was 45 minutes. Because I was drinking over a gallon of water a day, I was I had to pee every drive home. So I do remember that distinctly of like so much water going in. But it was, it was like to maintain that, you know, for me to come off of that day and like, we'll say quote unquote reverse diet, it would have taken a lot more discipline where at the time I was just like, I just want to get back to normal eating a little bit. And I'm cool. Cause I got to that point. I saw the photos. I'm good. If I ever do that again, maybe I, I'm probably wanting to push to get as lean. So it's easier to maintain after. And hopefully I won't have to do like water cutting and protein shake only days. Cause that was disgusting. It was, I, it was like a ninja blender full of ice and two or three scoops of whey and water. Wow. And it would last me like it was just it was gross. Yeah, yeah do not recommend. <laughs> yeah, not recommended. But but if that's your goal, then then that's your yeah, goal, right? And, and like to it. each to each their own. I think there's there's probably also there's probably also a big mental win for you just seeing it through. Like it was hard. It sucked. It wasn't like ideal lifestyle, especially you know if it was September. That means you know it was through the summer and things were kind of open ish at that time. Yeah. So like there was probably some barbecues that you had to say no to or show up and not eat and all that kind of stuff. But you stuck through it and you did it. And so all fitness photo shoot stuff aside, it's like you st- you set a goal for yourself and you accomplished that. And that always feels good rather than uh, I'm I'm lean enough. It's OK. I'll just stop here. Right. Yeah. And, I, and now I'll look back and I'll criticize him like I wish I was leaner. Or I wish I did this. But it's like I did what I did. Like I wasn't as strict as I could have been leading up to it in the months leading up. And which is what led to part of the water manipulation, protein shake only kind of stuff. It kind of like a last ditch effort to kind of rid of any last minute uh, weight. But yeah, I mean, the accomplishment at the end of like, this is amazing. Like I was ear to ear smiles. The photographer is an amazing guy uh, anyways. So it was just, it was a great experience overall. I mean, I was, I was talking with my coach about it too, because we had plans to do another photo shoot this year, but I'm like, one, I don't have the mental capacity to die down like that right now. And two, getting that lean for where I am now in business, isn't really going to help, right? Mm. I work with mostly moms. I don't need to be this shredded guy on social media to market towards moms and and let them know that I can help them. For me, they probably just remember to see me with my shirt on. It does better marketing (laughs) than shirt off. You know what I mean? It's things like that. So it's like, am I doing a shoot to to feed my ego or am I doing it to actually help business? So it's kind of like this, this chat we have, which has been good because now I don't have to worry about dieting in the summer. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is always fun. I've never understood like why people want to like want to cut during the summer. They try and follow like the bodybuilder lifestyle and it's like, I'm going to bulk up all winter and then cut all summer. It's like, but you're cutting during the most fun time. Like you're just going to not have any beers, no burgers at all (laughs) for the whole summer. Like, what do you, what's the thought process here? I don't get it. (laughs) It's awful. Cutting, cutting in the winter is hard too. It depends on, it depends on who you are. It's always hard. Right. I mean, the cutting's always, it's true. (laughs) But like, if you're the type of person where like once the cold weather hits, um, and in front of anyone listening to this that doesn't get cold weather, you, you don't get to say in this conversation, but you know, comfort foods are, can become a real thing, especially if it's habitual. You know, I have people I know in my life that I will remain nameless that do that every year. It's like put on 10, 15, 20 pounds, but then every spring after that gets even harder to drop the weight mm-hmm. year after year after year, perpetual, like, and we call, they call it bulks, but you're really not putting on 20 pounds of muscle in four months. It's not, <laughs> it's not happening. So it's, it's, yeah, it's the mentality of getting away from cutting and bulking and cutting and bulking and how about let's just if you want to lose a bit of fat do a fat loss phase maintain it for a good chunk of time then talk about putting on some muscle i think it's it's a big mindset shift too 
Yeah, for sure. One one thing that you mentioned just a second ago about um, having to dial things in towards the end of the big cut to the, uh, leading up to the photo shoot. What are your thoughts on some more aggressive strategies for dieting? And and the frame is here the, to frame this thought. Um, people who have trouble with staying consistent for long periods of time, either because of their own personality or due to life circumstances. Like, okay, I know that I can really dial things in for six weeks. That might be easier to some than oh, I can I can be consistent over the next four months and be in like in a gradual deficit. What do you what do you think about those? I mean, I think it's always dependent on the individual. I think as coaches, it's up to us to recognize what people need on the other end. Like some of my clients, I'm not a fan of strict meal plans, but some of them need them for a short bit. I think the key is to educating them during those times and not just saying blanketly, okay, here, eat this stuff. And then we'll talk about it after. And then just keep giving the meal plans. Like, well, like someone that I think is starting out maybe at the end of this month is like, look, she's in, she needs structure. She, too much flexibility is, is not helpful for her because she's too many choices. So like, okay, well, we're going to do this. I'll give you a meal template with some options to mix and match based on your flavor palettes and whatever meat you want to have, whatever. Here's why we're doing this. And here's how we're going to transition you away from that, where I want everyone to be a flexible eater for life because you, you have kind of, you have to be, there, yeah. there's no way around it. Right. It's, it's, it's the intuitive eating kind of mindset where you need the education on the food first and then some awareness around it before you can go and maintain your weight and intuitively eat which is what I alluded to in the beginning, I guess, of what I do is just if I want to maintain, I could just eat. Yeah. Intuitive eating yeah. is great, but it's like an end stage diet. Yeah. It's, it's not, not, it's, it's not, not the not first, it's not the first step. It's, and it's certainly not a diet. Like, okay, I've been eating like crap my whole life and I'm ready to lose some weight. I'm going to intuitive eat. Like oh God, you've been intuitive eating and it hasn't yeah. been working. You know? I was going to say, I intuitively want to go get ice cream every Friday night, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, let's, let's start to wrap things up here, but I want to kind of finish with, Asking you what what excites you about about fitness? You don't have super strong goals. You're not looking to compete. What excites you about your own fitness over the next like couple of years, and then over the next like say twenty years? Man, that's a good question. So the one of the biggest things for me uh, is being a role model for my kids. Um, and I have, I've told clients this, I talk about this all sometimes in social media or podcasts is like, I wear, I think it's like five different hats on any given day. Um, and some hats stay on some hats are in the closet. This is kind of how life has been like over the last year and a bit where like, I'm an athlete, I'm a coach, I'm a business owner, I'm a father and I'm a husband. So it's like, what, what hats take precedent on what times of the year, almost, so to speak. But I also know that when I prioritize my fitness, my eating, my training, I show up as a better person in every other area of life. Like I show up, you know, I'm happier in the home, less stressed out, less moody, more playful. I don't have aches and pains as much. If I feel good about myself, I'm kind of on cloud nine. And I kind of, I, I live like that as well. Um, whereas like for me, part of it is like Sundays when I don't work typically, I'm more loose because I don't have a lot of stress during that day. So it's, it's things like that, that over the next couple of years, especially where I think we might, our family might be like transitioning to a new house. So there's going to be other life stresses involved, uh, selling my mother's house, things that have been changed over the last almost been a year now, um, where 
for me, fitness plays a major role in stress management. I think that's one thing that I've noticed um, over the last little while, like from my, my mother passed in August last year, from August to December, I put on at least 20 pounds because fitness was not a priority. I, I worked out maybe twice. Um, I ate and drank way too much. So it was like right then and there, I knew for those six months that when I don't prioritize things kind of go to hell. So this year has been more of like a trying to ramp up of being more consistent with better food choices, more activity, even as work gets busier and life gets busier. Um, when I can prioritize things, I show up better in other avenues. And I think a lot of moms especially face like, well, I can't prioritize myself because my kids come first. And I get that. But when you're healthier and you feel fitter and you feel more confident, you radiate that towards your entire family. You show up better for your kids. If you're stuck on the couch with aches and pains, or you have no energy to move, that's not showing up for your kids. That's not showing up the best you can for them. So just reframe that. I think a little bit. And you said the next 20 years is the other, was the other one. Oh man. I mean, I want to be that Jack, like older dad. Like I have the vision for myself and, and my, again, my wife always laughs at me like, you know, when we're old enough, like her and I are going to spend more time together because the kids will be older. We'll have our, my sports car of my dreams is kind of how I phrase it. We'll go on trips and I'm going to be like, we're going to be that in shape couple that other couples might be jealous of. Like, that's kind of like my mentality and whether it's vain or not, I don't really care. It's just because I know I want what I want. I think it, and I'm, I'm willing to put in the work when I'm ready to get there. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's vain at all. I think it's an amazing thing. And it's a reflection of all the things that it takes to get there. All the things that you mm -hmm. mentioned in like your short-term goals, it means that you're going to stay consistent. You're going to manage your stress. You're going to manage your business. You're going to manage all these things. And the end result is, you know, being a Jack 50 year old dude on the beach. Like there you go. That, that's, that's, great. <laughs> that's just what like outward, outward, <clears throat> excuse me. That's what you see on the outside, but the, you know, that's the, that's the, the cherry on top, right? It's all mm -hmm. these other things that that fitness brings to our life that really makes it so wonderful. And, you know, having a six pack is, is amazing, but that's just, that's just the end of it. It's a, it's a cherry on top. Like you said, I mean, being able to like work out with my, with my boys when they're teenagers and help them through all that stuff. Like that to me is going to be amazing when we get there, like things like that, that I haven't even thought of until you asked me this question. It's the, it's the little things. It's like, I'm not going to be perfect and that's fine. Cause I don't, I don't need to be, it's, it's just, it's compound interest over time. I'm 32, turning 33 next month. What does the rest of this year look like? And then so on and so forth, just improving upon what I already have. Will it be a happy day for you when your oldest son can bench press more than you? Or will that be a sad he never, day? He'll never be able to. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> that's the key, my friend. Oh, that's amazing. That's no, I, amazing. I, I told him, I'm like, I'd love it if you were stronger than me. And the key would be if he's stronger than my brother, because my brother's stronger than me. Okay. There you so go. Yeah, that's, that, that's kind of like the, the strength goal standards. Does your brother have kids as well? No, he's he's turning 30 in September. No kids. He's a girlfriend, but he's 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 gone to nationals for powerlifting. Oh, okay. he's, so he's like legit. Are, he's like real strong. Yeah, him and I are built a little different. Where like I'm more tall and lean. He's just he's built like a truck. Yeah. So like yeah, his strength gains are always through the roof compared to mine. So that's fine. I'll take the leanness. He can take the strength. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Better 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 for looking good on the beach when you're when it's you're fine. old man. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing man. Um, let people know where they can find you everywhere and and whatever else you got going on. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, strong John Fitness on Instagram. Um, John has no H in it. Um, strongjohnfitness.com as well. I have a blog, links to my podcast, Strong John Fitness podcast is out there as well on all major platforms. 
Um, Facebook, John Vlahoinakos. Uh, Daniel doesn't put it up. Good luck spelling my last name. Um, and if you need just to email me, John at strongjohnfitness.com. Um, basically, Strong John Fitness across the internet, man. It's the easiest way to do it. The best way to do it. And I will put everything up in the show notes, so you'll have links to click through all those. Um, if you can pronounce John's last name properly, good for you. Kudos to you. High five. <laughs> internet points. Exactly. Exactly. John, this has been amazing, man. Thank you so much. Is there man. is there anything that you want to leave the people with here in closing? Any thoughts? Uh, well, first, I want to thank you for having me because it's been a, a really, really fun chat. And for, for everyone listening, I think you know there's going to be moments where the journey will suck. Just show up in the, in the if it's a minimum possible way, right? You're not every day is going to be a good one and sure as hell not going to be a perfect one, but giving up's not going to make it any easier, right? If, if it's one day is a walk instead of a workout, cool. If, you know, if you're avoiding takeout food for the most, whatever your small wins are, I think just, just lean into those. The only way to get to where you want to go is to keep showing up no matter how small or big it is. That's, that's it. Beautiful. Wonderful message, John. Thank you so much. Been a pleasure to have you here. Strong John Fitness on Instagram, strongjohnfitness.com, Strong John Fitness Podcast, Strong John Fitness all over the place. Thank um, you, sir. Give me a follow as well um, at Daniel Yours on Instagram, everywhere else as well. Uh, podcast rating and review, share it with a friend, all that fun stuff. Help us grow, help us help more people. And that's it. Be a good person, eat some good food, lift some heavy weights, and we'll chat soon. Yeah.